Tuning you in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. <laughs> well, hey everyone, welcome today to the Daily Show, February 15th. Holy moly, February is almost over. <laughs> Crazy, hey? Mind you. It is a leap year, so we do have an extra day this month. So, you know, it makes it feel a little bit longer. I don't know. Uh, anyway. I, I still think we're 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 on the other side. We're on the other side of the hump. So we're good. Are we? Are we yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this true? This is like we're right, like right in the middle of 29 days. It's 14 days and 14 days left. So Yeah, true, true. Well, and then the other thing is, is that it is getting lighter outside faster. So the days are getting longer. Thank goodness. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I hate being in that dark cone for so long. It makes me crazy. Yeah, it's definitely much darker for you up there in Calgary than it is down here. So yeah, that's true. It is. It's true. It's true. So we ended our uh, yesterday's conversation off with pickleball talk, or we had pickleball on the brain again yesterday. And I know we wanted to uh, kind of think, dive, dork, whatever it is, back into this for a second. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just let's just dink uh, dink our way back into this conversation. No, I was thinking more about the the. So if as context for any of you who who are listening to this, if you want to get context on this conversation we're picking up watch yesterday's daily show or at least the last five minutes of the daily show to, to get some context here. Cause I'm just going to roll right into it. But I was thinking a little bit more about the um, you know, about the fact that like the, the case I was trying to make for pickleball is that it's really active and nobody wants to go to a social entertainment venue, be really active, get all sweaty, have drinks, get food or vice versa, have drinks, get food and then go and play, you know, go play this game that's going to get me all active and then like feel sick to my stomach or whatever. And so when you think about all the other social entertainment things, it's all stand and play. Like I'm not getting actively involved. And I was trying to, I was racking my brain and I was like, is that really true? And am I missing anything? And I realized that I was missing a big swath of the family entertainment center and and location-based entertainment market with roller skating. And I think, I think that's the one attraction that's been around for about a hundred years, more or less, that ha- that actually breaks that model for me, um, and or breaks that argument. And because you know, obviously kids go and do it, but they just they drink sugary stuff, so that's not really an issue. And they go around, and I'm sure there's still lots of you know throwing up at you know on the venues, but it's because they just ate too much sugar. Um, but the grow there's a growing trend with adults as well to come and roller skate and to come and have drinks and come and have food. And like, granted, a lot of the roller rinks, even the ones that tr- bring in adults, just have like shitty snacks, but they still like have cocktails and beer and wine. And adults come and they have 21 and overnights. And especially the southeast part of the country, it's a really big popular thing with shuffle skating and you know, events like that. And so I was just, I was actually playing devil's advocate with myself saying, all right, well, if roller skating model can do it, then can pickleball do it? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Like I was trying to think of other things. I know we were having this argument. I'm like, well, what about hockey? What about baseball? Because you're always drinking afterwards or in between. Well, maybe not in hockey, but I know baseball, we would always have beers on the field, which, you know, but I guess that's more of a, it is a little bit standing, but when you're up to bat, you're running around on the field, right. And drinking a beer. So I, I don't know. Yeah, assuming you're doing it, but like, but you're, maybe you're making my case for me a little bit now, you know, to bring me back, which is these are all sports. Like these are not entertainment, yeah, um, right. entertainment activities. These are sports and pickleball is a sport. 
roller skating is if you if you're doing certain aspects of roller skating is a sport but then but in the form in which it is implemented in most entertainment centers it's an entertainment element where pickleball is a sport it is not like people who play it they play it because of the physical physical activity and the social nature of it they're not coming to just like roll a ball down a lane and i know bowling is a sport also but like it's also massively you know it's been used as entertainment for a long time mm-hmm. and Ooh. yeah so, okay. I was thinking of another one though. There's remember there's this big craze of ping pong, right? Ping pong bars. So you play ping pong. Ping pong is a sport. Like, isn't it even in the Olympics? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a sport, but it's not like a field sport. Like, you know, ping pong, you go in and I, and again, I still actually have an issue with ping pong, like as like one thing to throw in the corner of a bar. Sure. Ping pong works. But like, if you want to make an actual ping pong venue, nobody goes and like, there's, I think we've seen one example. And I think fun across America actually did. Uh, if you go to fun across America, actually they, they did yeah. a visit to a ping pong venue but like they have pros that come and like there's a whole bunch of things that they've added on but the other aspect of pickleball is that if i want to play pickleball just like if i want to go play hockey or if i want to go play baseball there's city there's city um rinks there's city fields and there's city pickleball arenas or pickleball courts and I can go play pickleball for free somewhere and then go to my local bar, whichever bar I want, and have a beer with my friends afterwards. I don't have to go to the pickleball venue. Okay. Remember yesterday I was showing that pickleball. Was it yesterday? That pickleball venue that does the glow in the dark stuff. Now, if you were just at a, a court in your in the city yeah. or whatever, you're not going to get that same experience, right? So as long yeah. as these pickleball places create that different type of experience, they're doing tournaments or they're adding, maybe they bring a mascot into the game. I don't know. <laughs> or they throw wet balls at you. Like, I don't know. They just do something different to create an atmosphere that's more fun for people to come hang out in. I can see I, I agree. I mean, and this, but this, this is, I think, the one differentiator for for enter, out of home entertainment. It's out of home. It's something that I have to. The only way I can have that experience is if I go to that location. And so, I think something like a cosmic pickleball gives me that experience I can't have somewhere else, out of home or out of my neighborhood. And so, but if I can go to my local, like my. I don't have an HOA, but my HOA pickleball court and go and play pickleball in that court. Why the hell am I going to go pay $25 for one hour to play pickleball on a court? Like why the fuck am I going to do that? Okay. 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 I haven't, I have a thought around this. I'm still noodling on it though. Is what about the tournament aspect of it though? Because can you always find tons of people to play pickleball with? Is this a non-issue? Because what if you can't? It's a, non-issue. If- it's a non-issue for me, but yeah. Okay, but maybe that's just you. Maybe you're cool and you have lots of friends and you know lots of people. Maybe maybe I'm not cool and I don't have any friends and I want to play pickleball. And the only way I can go play against other people that are different because you want variety in your, you know, who you play pickleball in your sports with. I have to go here because there's all these people that are going to conglomerate here in these tournaments, or you can yep. go and round robin matches or whatever to play this type of. Game. Okay, so that that would be cool if that didn't exist also in my in my uh, nearby park. So in the park, yeah. not not the, my little HOA field that, that or a court, but in the park that's a mile and a half away from my house. Every night they have pickup pickleball. So like literally, you go and if you're only there alone or you're there with one other player, you literally hang your pickleball racket on a little rack and then when you're next in line you get called in and you play with whoever's playing i get a chance to meet oh, other wow. people so like that exists and that's at tempe city park right so like oh, tempe wow. sports complex for free <laughs> oh gosh i don't know you're just kind of every argument here 
I'm not yeah. sure though, but maybe they just don't do it as well. You get better servers, you get an app, there's a leaderboard. I don't know. You get points. They gamify it a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe. Right. So like, again, it's, so I'm not against pickleball necessarily, but I'm against the current format in which pickleball is being implemented, which is exactly what I can get for free somewhere else. I think that's a problem versus like giving me a unique experience. I will say real quick. And then, you know, because we probably have like other stuff to talk about besides pickleball. Um, but one of my favorite podcasts called Hard Fork, they do a, they do a segment on Hard Fork called Hat GPT, which is like ChatGPT. They pull topics out of the hat. The point in saying this is at the very end, or you know, when they get done talking about a topic, somebody on in between the two of them can say stop generating, just like you say to ChatGPT to stop. So I think at some okay. point we could say stop generating and we stop talking right. about this this topic. Let's, let's do it. I think I love this little game. I love this game. We should play it sometimes. Okay. Maybe we do that every Friday or something. All right. But stop generating. I think we're done. I think we need to move on. Okay. All right. Stop generating. All right. Okay. So tell us about the, this mechanical yeah, museum. Okay. Have, yeah, so obviously you haven't heard of this place. I haven't heard about this place. It's kind of crazy. It's called Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum. It's this gorgeous kind of, mm, well, gorgeous is the wrong word to use, <laughs> um, is this very interesting, uh, cool little vintage museum. It's about 5,000 square feet. And it looks like a massive arcade to me with all these different types of like little moving parts, pinballs, arcades. And it's got a treasure trove of oddities in it. And it's just, it is so neat. It's hard for me to explain. So we have a little video that we're going to show. It is a little bit long, about almost two minutes, but it, this, this video does an amazing job explaining who the owners are, why they created this, and it'll give you a really good video representation of everything that they have in this facility. So if you want to play that, that would be fabulous. Yeah, I'll pull this up. But why why is it so important that we're talking about this now? What's what's going to happen well, to these guys? Yes. Okay. So at the end of this, I was going to bring this up, oh, but okay. so it's okay. What's happened with this place and why it got brought up to my attention is that unfortunately there are redevelopment plans in place and they were approved earlier this week and they're going to be demolishing the building that this museum is in. Now, the owner, Jeremy Yagoda, says that they have to leave end of this year to find a place and they promise, promise, promise they're not shutting down. They're going to find a new location that's twice the size of this location to relocate to. So, you know, I guess my point is I hope that they're able to do that. I really hope they are. Um, I wish them the best of luck on that, but we know how these things kind of work out. So let's watch the yeah. video a little bit more and then we can kind of talk about it after. All right. Awesome. Let's play it. It's almost a sensory overload when you're in here. It's just a fun place to go with all the sounds and the lights going. My father, he was a very interesting character who was always fascinated with coin-operated machines since he was a little kid. He was a pharmacist by trade. He went to University of Michigan graduated and ran our family store in Detroit pretty much all of his life. This was just a hobby for him. That's what was a great thing. This was done out of passion. If he thought about something, he didn't want to dream about it. He just went out and did it. And as a result, we have tons of one-of-a-kind machines that were just crazy little ideas in his head that he made into a reality. He went and bought a bunch of RC planes from model shows all over to put them up on a laundry conveyor that flies throughout the whole place in here. So there's planes flying around, all kinds of stuff that meant something to him. That's what was important, to get things that he cared about that he could share with other people. 
we have the Cardiff Giant, P.T. Barnum's greatest hoax of all time in here. It was just something my father was obsessed with P.T. Barnum and circuses as a kid. The oldest piece of equipment we have here would probably be an old mutoscope from the early 1900s that is still operational. As technology evolves, surprisingly, CoinOp stays around, and especially a place like us, where we have things that are multi-generational. A grandparent can bring their grandkid in here, and there's something that the grandparent grew up with that they can share and show the kid how things were during their childhood. There's certain things that have always been a secret. We never share what our electricity bill is, any of that kind of stuff. We just kind of like to keep a little bit of an air of mystery about things. We've had the bank call us before when they need, when they're short on singles, fives and quarters, you know, ask us to make a deposit. There's something for everyone in here. Just keep your eyes open and look everywhere. Look on the ceiling, look on the walls. There's so much in here everywhere. It's just really amazing to see all the insanity. Isn't wow. that insane? Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, like, and that, that actually went, the two minutes went by incredibly fast, actually, because yeah. uh, it's super fascinating. He did a great job, I think, of articulating the whole process and the museum and everything that they do there. Now, think about this, though, for a second. They want to double the size of that. And can you imagine it's taken, how, how old did they say this place was? I mean, it's it's massively old, right? They, yeah. He's been building this for at least 50 years. Taking mm -hmm. that and transporting that to a new location and thinking about how to lay that out in the design, like, oh, my gosh, I my head's exploding already. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a lot of work. Uh, I mean, just just the planning alone versus actually moving some of these things, which have probably been in place for the last 50 years. And some of them might not survive the move, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I sure hope he does because, you know, clearly it's a it's a passion of love that has uh, carried on from multiple generations and i sure hope that that uh, i mean the, the repository yeah. that he has there alone is is worth finding a way to uh, keep together yeah yeah so now if you're in farmington hills michigan you have till the end of the year to go check it out please do let's support these guys and uh, keep your eye on what happens next yeah yeah absolutely we'll definitely have a follow up on this one mm -hmm. all right so I want to talk about Crowbar Arcade. These guys, I don't know why. I've, I've like It's not a crush necessarily, really, because they're just like a crappy little arcade bar. But I really like some of the things. They've leaned into that crappy arcade bar concept. And so they opened late last year. They're in Binghamton, New York. And they have, I mean, it's not impressive. They have 40 games, including skee-ball, pinball, some riding and shooting games. And they have other like, like older favorites, they have Pac-Man, Space Invaders, Mortal Kombat, and there's some pool tables. And then they have a projection TV that they can use for Mario Kart and Mortal Kombat tournaments. So they actually have people that come in and they, they play wow. these big Mortal, Mortal Kombat tournaments. And so that's kind of a cool thing to do. And, um, you know, they have, they call them like signature game inspired cocktails and mocktails, as well as draft beer, canned beer, and then a very select food menu, um, like hot dogs and mini pizzas. Couldn't find them any pizzas on their menu, but um, you know they they at least have uh, some you know some hot dogs. So, uh, like, just go ahead and pull up a few of their pictures here. Like, clearly they're just in this like little alley of Binghamton. Yeah. There's like some I don't even know what kind of vehicle that is. Um, you know, in the, the back there, this red roll-up door. They've done like kind of a cool thing here with like all these old TV monitors with a crowbar arcade logo on it, and like it's like this kind of retro weird skeleton logo, which I kind of like. 
And then, you know, like it's just it's just a garage basically with a bunch of games. Now they have modified actually even all these old games. It's funny as we were talking about this on uh, with Kevin Williams today on the Sound Off. It's going to run next week, and um, you know it, we were talking about these old arcade games and the fact like actually connecting up these card readers to some of these old games is really difficult. And so they've they've done that. And you know here you can see the arcade readers a little bit more closely card readers and here's an example of their their hot dog that they serve and yeah and so i thought like a, what, then i was like okay i'm gonna check these guys out like where can i get some more pictures and so i found their facebook page and then i landed on their website and this is their website and it's freaking awesome <laughs> it's like styled just like the old nine like like mid to late 90s website like a you know um like a myspace page and you know i'll, I'll zoom in here a little bit more like you can see uh, you know, Bing Space Interest, Mom Rock, Gremlins, like they just really leaned into the fact that they're just like kind of a shitty neighborhood arcade bar. And I feel like they've done a good job with like even the little animated GIFs, which oh, they didn't yeah, have to do. Great. And then we'll just take a look at their menu. Yeah, here's their menu, right? Hot dogs. That's it. They serve hot dogs and God. some beer. So it's yeah. making me want hot dog lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that's Crowbar Arcade. Like I don't, I don't really have a whole lot to to say, you know, about them because like they went all in on creating a shitty website yeah. to go along with like, frankly, probably a mediocre experience, but it's a cool place to come and just hang out and have fun with your friends. Mm -hmm, for sure. And maybe it does a good job of getting some of those teens that go to the mall a different place to hang out or getting them off the street. You know what I mean? It's super cute. And it, it's great to see people actually lean into a theme instead of just dip their toe in the water. You know what I mean? So yep. good for them. Good for them. I hope their website's functional though. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they're certainly not like selling yeah. any, like they're not selling, they have gift cards, but that's an empty, yeah. it's, it takes you to an empty or, page and like, you know, whatever, but it's. I mean, maybe they're using it for money laundering. That's always my good joke, right? <laughs> the mm -hmm. government has no idea how much money you run through these things. So there you go. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's that's what they're doing in Binghamton. Yep. yep. All right. Cool, cool. Love it. Um, all right. Just when you thought it was over and, and John Wick was gone forever. Well, it turns out he's back because Area 15 in Las Vegas is opening up the John Wick experience. And I have to tell you, I'm actually kind of all over this. <laughs> I, I kind of like it. So it's going to be opening up later towards the end of this year. It sounds pretty exhilarating. It's going to be a 12,000 square foot attraction where you will they'll be blending immersive theater and cinematic entertainment. So I guess what that means is what well, characters dressed up that are going to interact with you as you're going through your journey and your experience inside of this facility. So picture this. You'll walk through the doors of the Las Vegas. Oh, actually, you do know what? I'm going to pull a picture of this while I'm talking. Here's John Wick. Yeah, sorry, we forgot to bring him up earlier. Now we have a picture of what this place is potentially going to look like. So you walk through the doors of the Las Vegas Continental into this grand, luxurious lobby, and it's beautiful and gorgeous, and there's people sitting around having cocktails. And there you're greeted by Sharon and Winston. Now, if you don't know who they are, they're the manager and the concierge of this hotel. They give you a key, they send you to your room, and from there your adventure starts, right? Um, you'll be completing specific missions um, aligned with the film's themed and different tasks with different characters interacting with you along the way. And um, I wonder at the end, is there a big shootout and do you need to wear a bulletproof breast? And like, who's gonna win at the end, right? Uh, so at the end though, you get to go back and you can sit down at the bar, relax, enjoy your classic cocktail at their theme bar. And then on your way out, you'll be able to pick up any memorabilia of the whole John Wick 
franchise and experience. But uh, I thought, I think it's going to be actually pretty cool. I hope they really do a good job of recreating the experiences, but I would totally love to be a character in one of those movies. Yeah. Well, no, I think I'd like the, I like the theming of the outside already. I wish we could get a chance to see some, some what's going to go on on the inside. Um, But yeah, I dig it. I mean, I think it's, um, I think it's cool. It must be a part of the entire new area 15 development that's going on where the universal uh, horror, um, horror attraction is going to go. And I know they're building out some others, but uh, yeah, they're doing a good job finding licensed content. I mean, Lionsgate obviously is, is, is going to be involved here. That's right. It is a Lionsgate project. So yeah, they bring really cool things to the public. So yep, they're in charge and uh, I'm, yeah, can't wait. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that I think wraps up today's show. Uh, one one thing to note on Monday next week, it is a holiday both for the US and Canada, two different holidays, because I don't think you celebrate President's Day. Uh, Family on Monday. Day here. Family day here. <laughs> family day. Okay. All right. So two holidays. So we will be spending time with our families. And so we will not be doing a show, but we will be on tomorrow. So uh, that being said, stay tuned and keep kicking ass. See you guys. Oh, 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 oh,